0: to 1 Peter chapter 1. We've been on a two-week break from Galatians. We'll resume in Galatians next week, but last week and this week, I kind of have some special messages related to where we're at, and today I want to give you some hope for a new year. How many of you want some hope? Man, you watch the news, you listen to everything going on, and you get discouraged, don't you? You wonder, where is hope? Well, I'm telling you, there's hope today, and I want to encourage you. I want to pour into you in these brief moments together, and our primary passage is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, which is the theme verse for this church. And it says this, we are born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? Let's pray together. God, I just pray now that our hearts and minds would be receptive to your truth, that your word would set us free, that you would come today in a mighty way and just speak to every person in the specific places of their lives that they need to hear from you. Thank you that your word is eternal. Thank you that your word is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And may it be that even in these brief moments we have today in Jesus' name. And all who agreed said, amen. Amen. I have five things to give you today that I know will give you hope. Because as we look toward a new year, we need hope. And when we talk about hope, it's important to remember that we're not talking hope like many people use that word. I, I hope my team wins tomorrow or I hope that I get this job I want. No, here's a biblical definition of hope. It's a confident expectation of what is to come because it's based upon truth. It's a confident expectation of what is to come because it's based upon truth. It's not based upon a wish or or kind of this vain desire. It is based upon truth. So the five things I give you today as to how we can have hope for 2024 are based on truth. And the first is this birth pains are increasing. Who knows what I'm talking about? How does the Bible use birth pains? Jesus used that phrase in Matthew 24 in that great chapter where he talks about signs of his return. He says that the signs of his return, as these signs become more prevalent, it is like a woman who is about to give birth to a baby. My wife has given birth to four children. I know what it's like to see her go through contractions. And the more frequent the contractions, it indicates baby's about to come. Baby's about to come. Baby is showing her, I'm ready to come out. And I'm putting pain in you because I'm about to come out and then there's going to be joy. Jesus uses birth pains in Matthew 24 to talk about his return. Do you know that Jesus Christ is coming back? When he left in Acts chapter 1, the disciples and others looked into the clouds, and the angel said, what are you looking for? He's gone, but he's coming back in the same way. And Jesus spoke in Matthew 24, Paul spoke in 1 Timothy 1, Paul spoke in 2 Timothy about the signs of his return. I'm just going to share a few with you, and you tell me if you're not seeing these increasingly today. Wars, rumors of wars. Nation, rising against nation, tribulation, persecution of believers. You'll be hated by all nations on account of me. Many will fall away and betray one another. False prophets will arise and mislead many. Lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. 1 Timothy 4, in later times, in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith. "...by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons." 2 Timothy 3, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure." rather than lovers of God. Are we seeing that today, maybe increasingly? I don't know about you, but I think so. 2 Timothy 4, people will not endure sound doctrine, but will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires to hear what their itching ears want to hear. 2 Timothy 4, they will turn aside from the truth and wander into myths. Listen, God's Word gives us these warnings so that we will be found ready. Now, every generation has thought they were the last generation. But it's important to note that when you see these things happening, the Bible says it's so that those who are followers of Jesus will be excited, will be vigilant, will be enduring, will be abiding in him, because Jesus said, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. Many will be caught unaware and not ready. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, let these signs show you how important it is that you be right with God, that you be following Jesus. Because listen, whether Jesus returns in our lifetime or not, every new day you live is another birth pain. Because you're closer, I'm closer to meeting my creator, and I need to ask myself every day, am I ready? Am I living today ready to meet my creator? Because none of us knows. When our last day will be. In the last two weeks. I've seen a close friend in Wisconsin. One of my dearest friends. Fall asleep at the wheel. Go down an embankment. They found his glove. 30 feet in a tree. He was found. Miraculously brought out. After an hour of that vehicle. Paralyzed from the chest down. In the last week. I've seen a dear friend. That I knew at Watkinsville First Baptist. Who had cancer go to be with Jesus. So none of us know when our last day will be, and this is why Ephesians 5 says, make the most of your time because the days are evil. But if you're a follower of Jesus today, And if you are abiding in him, these birth pains give you hope because you know what it does? It shows that there's somebody who's outside of time who can predict the future before it happens and have it happen just like he predicted because he's outside of time and he knows all. Guess who that is? The God who wrote the Bible. And that points to number two reason for hope he's sovereign. He is sovereign this is my favorite attribute of God. (laughs) If you list all the different attributes of God, this is a great discussion to have at lunch today. What attribute of God do you most appreciate? What attribute of God maybe perplexes you the most? Well, I'll tell you the one that I appreciate the most is this one, because His sovereignty points to the fact that He is in control that He's outside of time, and that ultimately all will come about the way He said it would in His Word. Psalm 103 verse 19 says this, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His sovereignty rules over all. Now, I'm privileged today to have three of my four children here, all four of my grandchildren here, and some of my older children will remember, and I was asking Catherine this morning, she remembered that I used to, when we lived in Wisconsin, we had a, a long gravel driveway to our home. And when we were homeschooling at the time, I was teaching them scripture verses with exercise. And so the way we memorized this verse was with jumping jacks. And I had all the kids out in the driveway. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. Hey! The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. So that's how we memorize that verse. So how do you, how do you define sovereignty? Very easy. Break it down. He so very reigns. Sovereign. He's in control. Listen, nations are going to come and go. Leaders are going to rise and fall. Ideologies are going to be popular and then fade into the sunset. But Jesus Christ's kingdom will never end. His sovereignty rules over all. He has a name that's above every name. And his righteousness and his kingdom will prevail over all human nations and leaders. And that God can be trusted. You can trust a God who is sovereign. You can trust a God whose word is true. You can trust a God who knows the past, the present, and the future. And you can trust him even when hard things take place. Even when struggles come, because you look in His Word and He says He promised that we would go through tough times. He said these things would be difficult, but endure and hold fast to me, and you will see my faithfulness over and over. We've heard it from this Smith family today. Man, you're agonizing in those times. You wonder probably, where is God? You wonder if He's abandoned you. But you hold fast. You cling to His Word. You trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see his sovereignty that does reign over all. Number three, the gospel is still the answer. (laughs) Our world is constantly offering solutions, aren't they? Buy this product, take this drug, get this job, download this app, join this group, try this plan, protest this cause. But all those things are band aids at best. But we know the root. We know the ultimate solution. And this is where the gospel of Jesus Christ is still the answer. Because the gospel goes to the heart. The gospel goes to the core of our being. And it changes us in a way that is lasting. So what is this glorious gospel we talk about? You know, Martin Luther said you should preach the gospel to yourself every day. Because we all need to hear it again and again and again and to know it in our knower. Here's the simple gospel, you guys. And guess what? No matter where you are today, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how far you may feel from God, this gospel can reconcile you to your Creator. And it's very simple. God loves you. He created you to know Him. He created you to experience a relationship with Him. But there's one problem, and that is that we are sinful. Look at this diagram, and you'll see. You can draw this out. You can show this to anybody. So simple, so profound, the glorious gospel of Jesus That our sin separates us from God. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because we are sinful, we deserve the wrath and the judgment of God. God would cease to be holy if he did not judge sin. And that wrath was put upon another for us. Jesus Christ took upon himself your sin and mine. He absorbed the wrath and judgment of God for you and me so that by simple repentance and faith in Christ, we could be reconciled to God, brought into a relationship with God, given a new heart, declared righteous before Almighty God, and become a part of the family of God. That's the good news of the gospel, church. Can you rejoice in that? He loves you that much. And it doesn't matter the degree or the depth of your sin. It doesn't matter how far you have drifted from God. The cross and the blood of Jesus is available to forgive you and to heal you and to cleanse you. And then the beautiful thing is the moment you're born again, the Bible says He gives you a new heart. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. The Bible says that you're given a new nature, that the old has gone and the new has come. And so it's a fresh start with God. And there's new hope, there's living hope, because Jesus Christ died and rose again for you. Number four, we have hope for 2024, because here's one of the things that happens when you get born again. There is the singular salvation. You get saved. You get a relationship with your creator. You get a new nature. You get the love of God. That's the singular aspect of salvation. But there's also a plural aspect of salvation, and that is that you are brought into what we call the forever family of God. You become a brother or a sister with others that are in the body of Christ. That's the value of the church. That's why we gather today, because we realize it's not just me and Jesus in a deer stand, although there is that, but it's me, Jesus, and you. And it's me, Jesus, and you, and you, and you, and we need each other, especially as the world gets darker. It's so important that you be connected with other believers. That's why we have the groups that you just saw the video on. That's why we have the home groups, opportunities for you and I to connect with others. And the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day. That's his second coming approaching. We need each other, and God has blessed us with giving us that plural aspect of salvation, connection with each other. So, every year, our church prayerfully thinks about what should our focus be for this coming year. It doesn't mean this is all we're going to do, because we've got a lot of things that we're going to hopefully do, no matter what our focus is or our goal for that year. Two years ago, if you were around, it was disciple, be one, make one. This past year it was what? Year of the harvest. Well, as the elders prayed about it, we believe that our focus for 2024 should be, new banner, year of the family. What do we mean by family? Well, first of all, we mean church family. Singles, married, widowed, young, old, new believer, old believer, mature believer, immature believer. So know that if Regardless of your marital status, you are a vital part, if you're born again, of the church family. So we want to strengthen our connection as believers, as a church family this year. And then secondly, the home. We want to see marriages strengthened. We want to see parents become more intentional about discipling their children and helping them be brought to greater spiritual maturity. So this is the focus. And it's interesting the verse that we looked at that we chose, Ephesians 5:32. He's talking about marriage in Ephesians 5, right? Husband's wives, but it's fabulous what he does. This is a profound mystery. And he's been talking about the husband and wife. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. <laughs> so you go, which is it? Yes, <laughs> both. And that's our focus this year as we're going to make 2024 the year of the family. Will you join me in taking this goal? praying for this, helping us that Living Hope be stronger here and in our homes. Final reason we can have hope for 2024 is this, the Holy Spirit is all-powerful. Oh, and if, in Romans 8, it says, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and He does, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life that living hope life, that hope that lives, that hope that's daily to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who indwells you. Now, don't miss this. Almost done. And don't think you already know this. I believe this is the single most important truth in the Christian life. You and I cannot live the Christian life on our own. If you try, you will fail miserably. Instead, it is a supernatural life that can only be lived in the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. This is why when Jesus ascended, He told His disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And oh, were they filled on that day of Pentecost. And because of being filled with the Spirit that day, they had power to live for Jesus. They had boldness in witnessing. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles. They had incredible unity as a body, They held fast to the truth despite persecution, and they were incredibly generous with their possessions, and they even had the courage to die a martyr's death in some cases. Beloved, if you are truly saved and born again today, you have that same Holy Spirit in you, the same Spirit, this verse says, that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, can you imagine all the powers of hell and demonic and the world and the flesh that wanted to keep Jesus in the grave? Can you imagine when Jesus died and was put in the tomb, how all the forces of the demonic and Satan wanted to keep him in the tomb? But what happened? Holy Spirit breathed new life in him. Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. Holy Spirit moved that stone. That same spirit that overcame sin, death, darkness, and everything against the kingdom of God lives in you if you're a believer. You've got to believe this, folks. It's the truth. It's the truth of God's word. The Holy Spirit in you is bigger than any problem you face any temptation that comes to you, any sin you struggle with, any relational conflict you have, any financial turmoil you're going through, no matter what you're going through or will go through in 2024, put it up against the Holy Spirit and see who's bigger. Put your problem, put your challenge, put your struggles up against the Holy Spirit and just see who's taller and who's bigger and who's more powerful. And I'll tell you who will win that wrestling match. It's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit in you is more powerful than anything you face. And here is a practical way to do this. No matter what you go through this year, don't let the enemy make you forget this. Listen, if you come out of nothing I say today, remember this. Whatever you face in 2024 that's hard, put it up against the Holy Spirit and see who's bigger. That gives us hope, you guys. There's nothing we face that's bigger than God who lives in us. So let's review what we've learned here's five reasons for hope in 2024 birth pains are increasing again every generation has thought they were the one that jesus was going to return is he in my life or not well i'll tell you i have a new slogan about the end times and i'm about to go on sabbatical and i'm going to study the book of revelation during my sabbatical and but but i've also learned this i'd rather be on the welcoming committee than the planning committee All these people that want to plan and figure it out and set dates and, oh, it's going to be right in here and it's happened so precise. Listen, I I, I think there's a place for some of the planning and I'm going to study Revelation as hard and as filled with the Holy Spirit as I can, but I'm going to focus on being on the welcoming committee. I just want to be ready whenever he comes, whether it's today, tomorrow, next year, or 10,000 years from now because guess what? My last day could be today and so could yours. So I want to be ready no matter when. Number two, God is sovereign. He is in control. And even when things look out of control, I can trust him. Because he's huge, he's big, he's almighty. And ultimately, we know that his everlasting kingdom is going to come about. I want to be part of that. I don't want to miss anything he'd have. Number three, the gospel of Jesus Christ is still the answer. Because it goes to the heart. It goes to the source, and it changes us from the inside out. Number four, you have a forever family. When you get born again, you become a part of the body of Christ. Avail yourself of that. Connect with others for support and encouragement. And finally, the Holy Spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you if you're a follower of Jesus today. Well, God, we thank you and we praise you for your awesome word. Thank you for the hope you give us. Thank you for the timelessness of your word. And Father, I pray that you will help every person today apply this in the way they need to. May they be led by the Spirit now as we go into this time of prayer in Jesus' name. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take about ten or fifteen minutes to have prayer. What greater way to usher in a new year? and to seek the face of God. And so you'll notice the banners in the room. We have some prayer stations. Let me begin with the prayer station right there, salvation. If you need to get born again today or if you have uncertainties about your salvation, there'll be some people from the prayer team. Prayer team, go ahead and begin to take your spots. Those of you that know where you're supposed to be or pick a spot. So your salvation is for those that want to make sure they're born again. Don't be embarrassed. Listen, I got saved when I was 17, but when I went to college, and I had been walking with the Lord for two years, I went through a real period of doubting my salvation. And I needed somebody just to walk me through the assurance of salvation, praying one more time to nail the stake in the ground, and I've never had doubts that I was saved since then. So sometimes you just need to do it again to kind of solidify it. So that's, that's that station. Then there's the Holy Spirit banner. Pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just a fresh filling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There'll be people there to pray with you to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. The banner over here, mercy. That's if maybe there's some areas of your life that you know displease God. We all have them. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Nobody's going to single you out in front of the whole church. But if you just need his fresh mercy for some areas of your life that maybe you know are not pleasing to God. Like if he returned today, you wouldn't be ready because you know that area would grieve him. Get prayer with somebody there at the Mercy Banner. Maybe you want to just pray for our city or the nations. You can go to the missions wall or pray over here at the Athens Banner. Just huddle up with some others. Pray briefly for our city, for God to move in a mighty way. Or, or maybe you're drawn to our goal of family, church family, home family. Go there and pray for family. And then, of course, there's always the wall of compassion, to write names of unsaved people that you're praying for. So, Lord, we just ask your Holy Spirit now to move. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to stir our hearts. You've said, Jesus, you want your house to be a house of prayer. So we want this house to be a house of prayer now. as We come before you. God, we thank you for Jeremiah 33.3. 3. Call upon me, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call upon me. And I will answer. You promised that. You said if we abide in you and your word abides in us, ask whatever we will and it will be done. So we cling to those promises and we come before you now in corporate prayer, seeking your face. Move in a mighty way, we pray in Jesus' name. You are released to go to one of these prayer places or you can go to several. we will give you about 10 minutes for this. So go and pray as the Holy Spirit leads you. to the altar here and just pray alone. Or you can grab a friend or family member and say, hey, let's pray together for this. give you just a couple more minutes so try to wrap up your prayer times in about two minutes and as we're doing that I'd like for all the elders to come up here please so wrap up your time give you a couple more minutes and uh, when the elders are free if they would come on up up your prayer times, love these men, love our elders, so thankful for their leadership and uh, today will be my last Sunday with you for two months, Uh, I will preach once at the end of February before I go to Nicaragua but I begin my sabbatical this week, it's part one, part two will be uh, during the summer. And a sabbatical, for those of you that don't know, it's to keep pastors from burning out. And so we give a 10-week sabbatical for every full-time pastor every five years. And so um, I'll be starting mine this week, and it's for refreshment. It's for rest. It's to break away from the daily demands of ministry to to enrich your walk with God, but also to focus on some area of of further study to enhance your walk in your ministry. And so... For this one, I'm gonna be uh, focusing on the book of Revelation. So you can pray for me on that. And uh, with the desire to preach that when I'm done, the book of Revelation. They, they recently asked a bunch of Christians, what book of the Bible do you most wish your pastor would preach? And they said, Revelation. And then they asked a bunch of pastors, what book of the Bible are you most intimidated to preach? And they said, Revelation. So that's why not many pastors are preaching on it. So I need a sabbatical to study that. So uh, during the months of January and February, Shannon will be the acting senior pastor, so thankful for his leadership. So I want to pray for him, and then he's going to pray for me uh, as the elders are here with their support. So Father, thank you for this wonderful church family. I love them. I'm going to miss them, but I'm thankful to be in a place that's so healthy and that uh, blesses me and my family with this time away to be refreshed and renewed. And so I just pray an anointing over Shannon in the name of Jesus, that you would put a mantle of leadership upon him as he takes on the senior pastor role for these two months, that you will give wisdom, that you will anoint him as he preaches your word, that you'll bless he and Kathy and their children, and just all that comes with um, ministry, that you will give him that wisdom, guidance, and the power of the Spirit.
1: God we praise you we thank you we can come boldly we can get mercy we can find grace to help in times of need but God I thank you for Pastor David and his leadership God what you're going to do through his life we pray for a refreshing of your spirit in his life. I pray that you give him clarity of thought as he's doing uh, the study of the book of Revelation. I pray that you'd give him some time with his family that they haven't had in a while. I pray, God, that your your Holy Spirit would guide them, use them mightily, him and deity alike, that you would just uh, allow your spirit to work through them and in their lives as he will come back with the enlightened and a powerful and a fire from the book of Revelation for your glory, your honor, and your praise that you be magnified in and through his life. Thank you for this privilege and this opportunity. In the powerful and the wonderful name of Jesus, we do pray, amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you.
0: All right, before we end with a powerful song, I want to introduce you to some of my grandchildren that are here. Uh, One's in Children's Church, but Kylie, come on up, please. You know, I talk about you guys, but they don't see y'all. Asher, would you come up? Catherine, can you bring Sweet JoJo? Um, These are my grandchildren. Kylie is in Hilton Head, Asher is in Dalton, and Sweet JoJo is in Dalton. And Carter, who is Catherine's oldest son, has half of Romans 5 memorized, was rattling it off yesterday, just amazing. And uh, this is my oldest daughter, son Michael. Michael, would you stand? Get up here. Come on. Come on, Cat. Get up here. Sarah, come on. (laughs) She's always here, Catherine says. Anyway, love my family so much. So thankful for them. So thank you all for being here. All right. All right, let's stand together. Let's rejoice in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. If you're a guest after this song, go to the welcome station. Free gift for you there. Uh, This Wednesday night, only thing happening on the property is prayer in the house of prayer. The following week, we start our new groups that you heard about. So after this song, you're released to fellowship. Hang out with each other. But this song will be our benediction. Sing it with all your heart to the Lord who's worthy.